Hello everyone, this is You've Got 5 Options, a radio show where we prove that 5 is a magic number. Our experts will give you 5 tips on how to make your private or professional life better. We will solve your life challenge by giving you 5 different options to choose from. And our guests will answer 5 exciting questions while live on air. Tune in and feel the magic of 5. Hello everyone, this is Marta and this is Anna and this is You've Got 5 Options show. Yes, and today we are having a show without a special guest. So we actually have to be our own special guests, Marta. How do you feel about that? I'm not sure. I'm really looking forward <laughs> to uh, what you have prepared for us today mm-hmm. because it's uh, it's your preparation. That's, that's true. It's my <laughs> it's preparation. your topic, your passion. Uh, so. Yes, yes. Wow. Uh, no pressure. No pressure for me, definitely. Uh, yes, I have to say that this is uh, one of those topics that I could read about or uh, research uh, through or watch videos and shows forever and ever. And the topic of today's show is the moon. And by the moon, I mean our actual moon, moon that... Uh, goes around our wonderful planet Earth because we tend to call moons all objects that are actually orbiting around different planets. We have eight planets. Some people are very stubborn and claim there are nine because Pluto is a planet. In my opinion, Pluto is a planet. But first, interesting fact, guys, Pluto is smaller than our moon. So, uh, we could understand why it was somehow kicked out from the official setup of uh, of our solar system. And now it's just uh, Pluto, sad, lonely Pluto somewhere at the end of the solar system. It may, makes me feel sad for some reason. Uh, as you can see, I have emotions and feelings towards our solar system. So, yes, today we are talking about the moon and we will uh, touch upon a lot of different things regarding the moon. But before we will get there, I would like to also uh, mention why we are talking about the moon, Marta. And that's a very, very Mm -hmm. good reason that we are talking about the moon. And the reason is that moon has impact on us. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And no, uh, we are actually... It does, it has. We are actually getting ready for a very special event. So no very special guests, but a very special Special event event Mm -hmm. is uh, happening on the 21st of March, Mm -hmm. which is not only the spring equinox. And we will finally be saying hello to the spring. Yes. We will be letting go of stuff Mm -hmm. so that we can get ready for the new stuff to come. But we will also be talking about the moon because this time on 21st of March is not only spring equinox but also the full moon. Yes guys it's a full moon and that is quite a coincidence I would say it's rarely happening that two astrological events of that kind of magnitude meaning the equinox and the full moon happen in the same time. I find it quite interesting that's why I'm also very very enthusiastic and intrigued by our event because we are uh, having a 
Marta, how can we call it? It's a get together with uh, uh, elements of learning and and a lecture and a ritual uh, where everyone who come can get involved. Uh, and we hope that it will be uh, valuable, entertaining and sassy. Um, and we are uh, simply looking forward to have people signing up. However, we have limited num- number of places. We have to mention that. So if you are interested in monology or in uh, pagan celebrations uh, such as Spring Equinox or you are simply ready to let go of some heavy stuff, that event is for you. So you can find it at, if you look for You've Got Five Options on Facebook, uh, then you will find our event right there. So whoever is or can come to Aarhus on 21st of March, you know, you have to go and grab your ticket. Yes, because we have only uh, 15, no, we have 18 tickets uh, in total and we already sold uh, some of the tickets. So uh, guys, you have to grab it. And at this time we have around 100 people interested in the event on Facebook. So guys, grab your tickets because soon they will be gone. And I would like to say that it's not only for those people that Marta mentioned, also someone who likes to dance naked in the moonlight. Okay, I'm joking. There will be no naked dancing. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Yes, our technician got really excited when I told him about this. Um, but we will definitely explore a magical aspects of the moon. And that's why our last two shows, uh, the one that we had with Judy and we were talking about letting go and also today's show about the moon and the magic and science behind the moon are connected to this event. So you can know what you can more or less accept, uh, expect and there are a little bit of teasers of what we have Uh, what we are still preparing for you. And uh, full moon is said to be a perfect time for letting go of things and forgiving. And there is a reason for that, to which I will come in a moment. So today we will be talking about uh, interesting aspects of a moon like creation theories. So how moon actually got created? Why is it there? And what are the official stance of science? And also of other people who are treated as pseudoscientists. And you know, I I like to I like to hear all the theories. Okay. Then we will also talk about the impact of the moon on Earth, uh, especially what would happen if moon would simply disappear? Uh, Would that impact our planet at all? And it would, guys, actually some people, some scientists said that uh, the life on Earth would die eventually. Uh, Impact of the moon on humans. And I think that we all know the story of lunacy and being loony. This all comes from the name Luna. That's, I think, the Latin and the Spanish name for the moon. So basically, if you are a lunatic or if you are uh, experienced lunacy, it's all about, you know, being crazy and losing your mind. Uh, So we will also try to see if there is anything true in that. And trust me, there was a lot of research done. We will also talk about conspiracy theories about the moon, because, guys, you cannot make a show about the moon without touching upon conspiracy theories about the moon. I I think everyone heard. Marta, did you hear any conspiracy theory about the moon ever? 
Uh, I did, and that, and you're the only person that talks about them. <laughs> I mean, I heard them from you. <laughs> really? <laughs> Those conspiracy theories. But then again, how often do you talk about moon with people? Um, well, the the reality is that uh, I am not so much into that topic. I mm-hmm. r- right now do uh, see some impact of the moon in my life. Mm-hmm. And I uh, look into the moon, so to speak, more or less twice a month. Yes. And when it's there the and when it's not <laughs> And it's the full moon and yeah. the new moon. And I would say that's also very influenced by you because you kept on sending reminders that now it's the new moon and this and this will happen. And now it's the full moon and this and this will happen. So definitely, if I am doing something, it still comes back to your influence on my That's life. That's me, the lunar stalker <laughs> people, yes. So, um, yeah, uh, not talking with that many people about that, I guess. I do know some other people, yes, with whom mm-hmm. I did talk about it, but you are definitely the main one. Yes. Thank you. I feel honored. And if uh, Moon can hear me, I can become an official ambassador for the Moon uh, object in the space that I really am trying to propagate any uh, scientific and really bizarre knowledge about the Moon. But I think if we all just look at things with open mind and try to take it as a, okay, let's assume that this is true. What does it mean? Then I think we will have a lot of fun today. So, but Marta, of course, we will also talk about monology. Monology is a, a loose concept of the fact that the lunar phase, phase which is consisting of uh, 20 nine days, meaning the whole cycle of the moon from the new moon until the next new moon actually influences our lives, uh, human lives, our relationships, our careers. And there are certain things we should do when moon is in certain phase, uh, including the full moon and the new moon. And we will talk about that because we are groovy like this and we are open minded. So, uh, so far, so good. I would like to say that, Marta, you gave a very good hint to our listeners and to people on the show that I indeed have a little bit of a moon obsession. I honestly am not entirely sure from where it came from. I know that as a kid, I was super interested in the moon. When I was a very little kid, I actually had a feeling that moon is following me. But I've heard that most of kids think that the moon is walking behind them when in reality, you know, this is how it is. We see the moon from everywhere. Um, So I always thought that moon is my companion. Now I realize how it sounds, but forgive me, I was little. And then I remember there were a lot of discussions about the moon in my home, uh, but they were not the discussions in a sense of, you know, oh, who created the moon or uh, any scientific things. It was more that my mom was super sensitive uh, regarding the moon and she couldn't uh, sleep. She had a sleeping problems with the full moon. And when there was uh, when the full moon was approaching, you know, the moon is extremely illuminated in the sky. She had to have all the curtains closed because she said, you know, uh, that it, it she, she cannot sleep. Uh, and it's not because it's bright, but because she had nightmares. For some reason, she believed if she covers her windows, it makes it better. But she always had a lot of weird dreams at the full moon. 
And my mom also claimed that she has a feeling like the moon is watching her. So I found it creepy spooky. And I was a kid who liked, liked creepy spooky things. And the funny part was that when I was looking at the full moon, I felt somewhat of an interest and I felt intrigued. I loved to stare at the moon. I had the feeling that I can even like talk to the moon, that it's an actual thing. It's not just an object in a sky. Uh, so that was super weird. So I was to I was totally different than my mom. Actually, when the full moon was coming, I was coming out in the evening and just, you know, trying to, to be in the light of moon and observe the moon. So uh, we have some, let's say, personal stories. And then my interest in moon uh, definitely um, developed within the older age. I was always gazing upon the moon, but didn't really do much about it. And then I think the first book that I found that was like, whoa, what the hell is this? Was Who Has Built the Moon? <laughs> yes, there is a book like this. And that is a book of two former journalists who were talking with certain scientists and were reviewing the theories. And they have came with a theory that the moon as it is right now it's impossible uh, to exist, that it has to be an artificial creation, that it has to be it had to be put on our orbit by someone or something. And yes, I read that book and I found it very interest, uh, interesting. I didn't really thought that they are right or they are wrong. Uh, but I uh, thought, oh, my God, there is so much more to the moon. And I appreciated, regardless of the origins of the moon, I appreciated uh, this uh, beautiful synchronicity, you know, about the moon, for instance, you know, the fact that if you stand uh, somewhere on planet Earth and you look at the moon, moon is exactly the same size from Earth as the sun is, which is mathematical impossibility. It, it really is so aligned. That's why we have eclipses. That's when the moon can be covered by the shadow of the sun and vice versa. And you really have to... Uh, have a lot of luck to have such a synchronicity of those two objects. So that was something that made me feel of a moon that it's really special. Uh, regardless if God put it there, aliens put it there, or it's just a natural formation, it is really a unique thing. And uh, I think many people don't really uh, think about it. But when you think about those eclipses, this really comes to your mind. Wow, that is a chance one in a million that all those objects aligned like this size and the and the, um, the this, um, Jesus, the distance wise, right? So that's my story about the the interest of a moon. And then I think two years ago, I came across totally by accident. Um, uh, I came across a book called Moonology, and that book was written by a lady who claimed that she has uh, lived successfully her life according to the moon phases. And what does it mean? It means that basically uh, she is aligning the decisions or the things that she's doing throughout the month to the face of a moon that is currently on. So when there is a full moon, she is making, let's say, a forgiveness rituals. When there is a new moon, she's making plans, goals, wishes and intentions. And uh, it was very interesting because if we will take the moon out of this 
process that she has. It's a actually very interesting holistic monthly planner of what you do within a month. You set up the goals, you follow up on them, then you have some time to rethink, then you have some time to change, then you have a time to rest. It actually, if you will take the moon out, this is a, a very interesting, you know, individual personal planner for a person. And because I love the moon, I looked more into it. And I started to use some of the things from that uh, suggestion. I am not very um, eager or, or really like orthodoxic believer in that. But uh, the full moon and the new moon are definitely two highlights of, uh, of a month. And I actually do do my goals and wishes and I do my release and or I'm more mindful about my emotions at the full moon and the new moon. So this is how my story concludes. Uh, I guess I'm the guest today. Marta, what do you think? Yeah, you're the lead and the guest. Yes, but someone has to be a guest. So that's my story. And that's why I want to talk about the moon, because moon is simply awesome. Marta, did you have any thoughts when you heard my wonderful story? Imagine I'm a guest, so you can ask me any question. Uh, so, uh, well, it is a little bit challenging because we talk about the moon yeah. all the time. You often bring that topic up. Mm -hmm. And as I mentioned, you have been sending to me and other friends uh, those reminders about the new moon and the full moon mm -hmm. uh, for a while. And uh, I think that it's the story that I heard so many times that I don't have questions. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm very disappointed, Marta, in you. <laughs> okay. No, but uh, but that's true. Actually, I'm, I'm your lunar stalker. So maybe we will just go into the creation theories. So as I mentioned, we'll start with this. So how on earth we have, how on earth or how next to earth on earth we have our beautiful satellite, natural satellite, because that's how it's called, the moon. Marta, did you heard any creation, moon creation uh, theories ever? Because that's not really something that people discuss. Nope. Nope. So there was actually, uh, I think since the beginning of the ages that are actually recorded in any way, meaning there are hieroglyphs or some kind of, you know, uh, old uh, writings, the moon was there. Although some people claim that there are uh, writings discovered from times when the moon wasn't there. And that's interesting, but that's a conspiracy theory which we will leave for later. So moon was always there and moon was something people were gazing upon all the time, thinking about uh, its magic and influence on us. And of course, when science became more and more advanced and we started to have astronomy and so on, there had to be theories how the hell it came there, right? Especially that our moon is a little bit uh, unusual because it's perfectly round. You know, many of the satellites in the solar system, natural satellites of other planets, they look like some big rocks pretty much. You know, it uh, this moon is really beautiful and really round. Uh, so, of course, scientists were trying to figure out, okay, how did it appear there? So the theory that is now the prevailing scientific theory is the giant impact. So it is estimated that the moon was created shortly after the Earth was created. And there was a collision between Earth. And let me just say if I'm correct... Um, <laughs> something that was called Theia, which is Mars-sized body, 
This is how the speculation goes. Those two celestial um, bodies collided and from there we got some leftovers who were sent on the orbit and then they form a, formed the moon within millions of years. Um, this theory is a consensus because uh, there was a lot of hypotheses about the moon creation. Uh, a huge number of, of, of scholars, they were like, we have no idea. We will never discover that. There were some people for the giant impact. There were some people for other things. And actually, there was a conference in 1994 in Hawaii. I would love to go there and see that. I love Hawaii as well. And uh, there were uh, there were actually scientists that were supposed to, lunar scientists that were supposed to figure out, okay, from where do we have moon. And uh, 18 months prior to that, uh, three actually lunar scientists challenged the rest in, and said, you have 18 months, go back to your Apollo data, go back to your computer, do whatever you have to, but made up your mind. Don't come up with, uh, to our conference unless you have something to say about the moon's birth. So they basically like really pressured everyone that, guys, you are not coming to Hawaii if you don't have any valid uh, hypothesis. So this is how it actually happened. People came and they made consensus. They were discussing and they voted for the best theory, not having that much of scientific data. It was in 84. So yeah, that's the that's the theory that is the prevailing one. It has some holes. One of them was discovered recently because apparently there is a dark side of the moon and there is a bright side of the moon on the, or the near side of the moon, meaning there is one side that we see all the time. I don't know if you noticed, if you are sitting with a telescope, then you would notice. Have you ever seen, uh, Marta, the moon over telescope? No, sorry. You should, you should try. Then you would actually notice that moon looks all the time the same. Because although the moon rotates around itself, it takes it exactly 29 days and it takes him exactly him or her 29 days to rotate around the earth. And because of that, we see only one side of the moon. We never see the other side. So we actually have to send some satellites or some uh, probes to make picture and show us how the other side look like because we don't know. And uh, it turned out that uh, the other side of the moon has a crust that is 48 kilometers thicker than the near side, which is kind of impossible. So of course they were trying to figure out how did it happen. So now the theory is that there were two moons or two bodies created after that crash, the giant impact, and they were together on the orbit and one was chasing another. And when that other chased the, the first one, they merged somehow together. So this is the official theory. How do you like that theory, Marta? Well, I'm not sure that I have much of an uh, opinion on that mm -hmm. because it's it's a theory. I yeah. mean, uh, I would have to have other theories to compare to know if I like it or don't like it. If it's the the only theory that I'm given, then it sounds okay. I mean, it's nice that people could sit together and make a consensus on different theories, but 
given my lack of knowledge of any other theories and then it's difficult to say too difficult to say you yeah. are right because the theories i will have as a i would say alternative will be a little bit more groovy but we will get back to that that is the official ones and scientists are struggling with that theory because every couple of years new data come out and uh, they basically are challenging that theory so they are trying to uh, explain it by making some versions of this theory and uh, i i don't know if that's the right thing to do but we know that moon was probably created because of this impact of two celestial bodies and then the leftovers were sent on the orbit and then with the beautiful magic you know it all created that beautiful little sphere that we see and it is now orbiting the earth since uh, but have we ever considered what would happen if that sphere wouldn't be there i don't know if you know but some scientists are actually saying that if moon wouldn't be on the uh, on our orbit uh, our planet would not develop life and that is because of the tides i don't know probably that's a common knowledge that the moon influences the tides so um the thing is that uh, actually i can close uh, i can quote this because the moon is so close to us to pull of its gravity impacts our planet the force is strong enough to pull our oceans back and forth what we call the tides without the moon the tides would rise and fall at much slower rate about one third of their current fluctuation the tides wouldn't completely stop moving as the sun also have some gravitational pull but they wouldn't be as as they are now and apparently two-thirds uh, re- there would be a two-thirds reduction in tides and that would alert the entire coastal ecosystem so first all the coastal animals um, the crabs uh, i don't know i can tell you what they are snails mussels sisters they would start to actually uh, extinct and that is also because many of those uh, uh, funny little ocean creatures they uh, mate when there is a full moon which science cannot really uh, explain you know they crawl out of the ocean and they put the eggs and stuff like this and that happens at the full moon and uh, it looks like that would be just the beginning because with the tides we also have Uh, our weather regulated so we know that the cur- currents are influencing you know that uh, the temperature all over the world so without those tides probably we would have soon not soon in some decades places with extreme weather where we wouldn't be able to survive and that would impact the entire planet some of the scientists go as far as saying that the light life actually would disappear after couple of centuries without the moon so i guess it's good that the moon is there and it doesn't look like someone will steal the moon there was a marta wasn't there a, a fairy tale or a book in poland for kids about two boys who wanted to steal the moon yes of course that's something actually quite amazing because not only there was uh, that kind of story which was very uh, popular yeah. but also uh, who was a star 
in that uh, uh, in that uh, movie. Do you remember? No. You don't remember? No. I I don't remember if it was uh, one of the brothers, Kaczynski brothers, or both oh of them. Oh, my God. Yes, it was them, wasn't yes. it? So Actually, I think it was both sh- of them, right? Uh, Do you remember the title of the... the- Uh, no, I don't. I don't remember. But actually, I wanted to say that the thing about the turtles and that they are hatching mm-hmm. their eggs according to the moon cycle. That's one of the few things that I know, scientific things related mm-hmm. to the phases of the moon, that I actually know about. <laughs> okay, I found Marta. Yes, uh, actually, the movie is called "The Two Who Stole the Moon." And it's a 1962 Polish children film based on Colonel Makuszyński's story, The Two Who Stole the Moon. And the film starts the Kaczynski twins, two of the country's future political leaders. So yes, our former president and our former prime minister, the twin brothers Kaczynski, they were actually child, child actors and they were... Uh, they were playing those two boys who were attempting to steal the moon. Marta, whoa, you knew something about a moon that I totally forgot. Well, that's a story from a book. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, from what book? No, from the book. Ah, yes, yes, yes. And I actually see them. Oh, my God, they looked so innocent. I mean, the Kaczynski brothers, you know, not not like... uh, Not like they look now. Well, one of them is not here anymore with us, but the other one. But you can see a resemblance. I would actually like to see that movie again. Uh, I think I saw it when I was a kid. Uh, but thank God, I don't really think that there is a, there is a chance that someone will steal the moon. Although I would like to ask you, how would you feel... That, that's a weird question because I was contemplating that question when I was coming here to the station. How would you feel if you would hear today over the news that the moon disappeared? First feeling. Well, that would give me some feeling of um, shock <laughs> for yeah. sure. Because for me, maybe I'm not looking so much into the theories like if how the moon was created or if it is a natural or not natural thing. For me, this is a natural thing. For me, how I feel about the moon is like, it's also like the sun. It's something that is a natural part of uh, our system. And based also on the fact that there is scientific proof that the moon influences uh, how our seas behave and so on. For me, that's a proof enough of that this is a natural thing and it is there. So I would definitely feel like there is something seriously wrong if a moon disappeared, Yeah, if the moon would disappear. I actually have to say I thought about it. What I would do if I would wake up in the morning and hear in news that Uh, okay, uh, message to humanity, the moon is not there. We don't know where it is. Uh, of course, outside of the very uh, bizarre, like, what do you mean? Was it like, uh, what what happened? But uh, it gives me a very uh, anxious feeling because it is such a natural part of our existence as a human beings. We don't even um, acknowledge that, but we always, since we are small, look at the sky and we see the moon, the, the nights with the full moon and the, are the bright nights, brighter nights. And uh, it's uh, it's quite amazing. 
um, that it's such an integral part of our existence here on Earth, and yet we don't really maybe pay attention that much. But I have to say that would freak me out. And coming back to actually uh, impact of a moon on humans, there are also a lot of legends, but also facts. And number one, uh, I would say a legend, because apparently it's debunked, is that full moon phase leads to more birds, birds like, uh, you know, more women are in labor than any other moon phase. And that is apparently uh, something that is repeated of uh, by by generations and generations of midwife. Marta, did you ever hear about it? And if yes, do you believe it? So I would say that in Poland, uh, this is like a common knowledge. Mm-hmm. That's not something that we even question. And this is uh, like a topic in normal conversation. Like I would have so many friends who are expecting a baby and they would be just talking about it. I hope it doesn't happen in the full moon because uh, the maternity wards are busy. And uh, so for me, this uh, it was not even something that I was uh, ever questioning. So in Poland, at least this is like a common knowledge. Yeah, it's actually part of a folklore or it's like an urban legend. Well, apparently science had found no supporting data to back this myth up, uh, which is quite disappointing, I have to say. Apparently, some scientists pull pull some data, let's say, over a couple of decades from some countries, comparing the birth rates to the different uh, moon cycles, and there was no, um, no correlation showing that uh, that there is more children born during the full moon. Uh, but there is something uh, that is very interesting here, uh, that apparently there is way more car and motorcycle accidents during the full moon. And that is a study done, uh, I think that was actually in America, and uh, by America, I mean US. Sorry for the rest of Americans that would feel offended that I put you to one basket with the US. Apparently, there is a 5.3 more fatalities on nights with a full moon among the uh, motorcycle accidents and car accidents. Um, it is explained by uh, the fact that maybe the moon is somehow blinding the the drivers but i'm not quite sure how strong that light would be yet this could actually go together hand in hand with a theory that i hope i won't give a bird on a full moon because the emergency rooms are full because maybe they are occupied by by those motorcycle accidents you know so maybe this is a thing another connection between the human and human body and the moon is apparently the fertility and menstruation cycle. So uh, there was a, this is actually one of the oldest convictions that women uh, and the moon are synchronized, you know, that the moon somehow influences our menstruational cycle because it lasts roughly the same amount of days. And uh, and it also influences our fertility. Uh, did you hear about this, Marta? Yeah, I heard about it before and Mm -hmm. I don't know any backup for that Mm -hmm. part. I did uh, for a period of time notice that kind of influence in my own life and among women around Mm -hmm. me, but then it went away. Then it went away. Yes. Okay. I would say that 
it is interesting concept. It is interesting to look at it because it's very old. It dates back to uh, antiquity times. So basically, this is what our uh, former ancestor truly believe in. But again, no scientific data to confirm that there is any connection between female menstrual, menstrual cycle and the moon phase. Uh, then we have something that I'm pretty sure most of us heard of. Uh, moon makes us crazy. So we are becoming loony. We are becoming lunatic. The moon is making people mad uh, from the very uh, first legends about the werewolves. You know that actually the werewolf is a human who transformed into this merge between the wolf and the man only at the full moon and it's beyond that person control. So from those legends, which are dated back centuries back and they are a part of folklore, just like vampires are, through uh, things like, you know, that people get crazy, they get emotional and so on. There are also some of the... Um, um, evidences that people with schizophrenia uh, generally exhibit increased violence and aggressive episodes during the full moon. Uh, but this is also said because they have schizophrenia and they might believe that the moon influences them. Uh, but the most interesting aspect here is the uh, race of crime. And that is actually documented in many countries by many police officers who made research. So there was a police officer in uh, Brighton, UK, who announced in June 2017 that they were planning to deploy more offices over the summer to counter trouble they believe is linked to the lunar cycle. And he actually has uh, made a research uh, that uh, there is a lot of race in violence, especially uh, domestic violence and um, manslaughters with knives, that kind of in passion, in affect. And he also said that from my experience of 19 years of being a police officer, undoubtedly on full moons, we do seem to get people with sort of strange behavior, more fractious, argumentative and more aggressive. And those research were actually done in many other countries because they were interested in. And many countries or many cities are requesting more uh, policemen on the streets on full moon. So, Marta, did you hear about this moon making us crazy in many ways? And what do you think about that? So I think that here, again, it's a very interesting concept mm -hmm. because that's also one of those things that in Poland, the mm -hmm. way we were raised, that's also something that was, you always heard about it, like, oh, I can't sleep because of the full moon. Oh, I am feeling out of balance because of full moon. So this is something that kind of you hear all the time mm -hmm. when you are being raised uh, in Poland. And I would talk to my friends, for example, it's like, oh, I'm feeling really out of balance and checking. Oh, yeah, now I see it because it's full moon in two mm -hmm. days and so on. And I was hearing about it. And then I myself, when I when you were uh, advising so much, you know, war sending warnings is, uh, <laughs> is the full moon coming. Yes. I started to see it in my life. I started mm -hmm. to see myself that I am so, you know, influenced and every time I have, uh, every time the full moon is approaching, I had this period in my life mm -hmm. where my 
menstrual cycle was also aligned with it. And I really felt impacted in mm -hmm. these like two, three days uh, before the moon. I was really getting completely out of balance. I would be more argumentative and so on. Mm -hmm. So I could really see it in my life. And it was very, very interesting for me. And then I heard from uh, my teacher, Cynthia, mm -hmm. that yes, the moon is a great um, It's a great opportunity for us, the full moon, because it brings our issues out mm -hmm. for healing. Mm -hmm. And the interesting part is that I have been going through extensive healing for the last two years. Yeah. And I and then Cynthia said that. And I think this is very interesting because I think things happen as we believe in them. Mm -hmm. And then Cynthia said that as you heal, the moon will stop having such an impact on you. Mm -hmm. And the interesting part is that my menstrual cycle, now I'm being very, you know, open. vulnerable and open here, disintegrated from mm -hmm. the full moon. And I don't have that thing anymore, that okay. before the full moon, I feel really out of balance. Mm -hmm. And I don't have this thing anymore that's in the full moon that I sleep at. So this is extremely interesting. And it just, I guess, support my general theory that it is how we believe it is. Because before because I was told about it so many times, I guess it just influenced. Mm -hmm. And you start believing in the things and you start seeing them and so on. And then when I was given another theory, and also, you know, now I'm questioning, was I like that because of my actual menstrual cycle? Or was it integrated? Or how or is it true that maybe because I have been going through healing and I am now taking those issues coming up for me as a normal, regular thing, I don't need to have them up so much in the um, when the full moon is. So it's very, mm -hmm. very interesting for me. And that's the part that I'm really interested in. What's the theory of why? Because mm -hmm. you have now brought that, that there has been some research mm -hmm. and uh, there is some fact that, you know, there is more crime and so on. Are there any theories? Why? Why would that be? Yeah. That's the whole point. Not much in the official science. There are some theory in uh, uh, what we could call it pseudoscience or conspiracy theory genre, which I will get into uh, uh, in a moment. But the premise of all these uh, effects on human body was uh, the, the beliefs, basically. I think it was Aristotle who said that moon makes people crazy. So this is something that goes back to ancient Greece, ancient Rome. That was the conviction that people had. And that conviction, uh, we don't know from where it came from. It could have been from observation. Uh, yet, of course, when we observe uh, the pull, the gravitational pull that moon has on tides, and then, of course, there is the the information that the human body is 75% consisting of water. Some people were trying to link those two facts that if the moon moves the water in uh, in the oceans, it also moves the water in humans, which was apparently debunked. So at this very moment, it is difficult for the science to explain. They are at official science or official research right now is debunking the birth rate uh, myth or uh, the, um, the the other myths I have. What what have I mentioned, Marta? The birth rate, the fertility and menstruation, and and so on. But they cannot 
cannot fully debunk the uh, the accidents and the violence. That's very interesting and they don't have an explanation for that. Uh, coming back to what you said, also extremely interesting uh, point that uh, what we uh, believe in, it's true. Uh, but there will be something I will tell you about. I'm not saying I believe in it. Actually, I have no idea what I believe regarding the moon. I'm very open. But there will be one very interesting theory that you could tie up to what you are going through, meaning that first the moon has an influence on you and then it kind of got weaker and weaker. But uh, I can definitely say that I could see weird things happening in my life on full moons. And the thing was that it uh, I, I actually had it from the retrospective. So uh, I had some journals and one time just for the sake of exercise, I look back on the dates of the full moons and what was happening in my life and discovered that actually some of the dramas or some big fights or big events that were emotionally charged happened during full moon. Uh, I couldn't let's say, cause that unless subconsciously, because maybe the light influenced me. But uh, yeah, it wasn't without me preparing, okay, now is the full moon, something will happen. It happened. And then I reflected back, oh, there was a full moon at that date. So I have to say that it's, uh, it's quite interesting. Um, but I believe that the, if you believe in something, that probably is the strongest uh, premise why it works. I would agree with that. We will talk very, very uh, briefly about conspiracy theories about the moon, because although I think it's a fascinating topic, I would like to uh, brought a part of the moonology as well. Uh, there are three main groups of conspiracy theories, and I, I bet you heard that one. The moon landing was fake. Did you hear about that? Yes, from you a lot. From me, from me a lot. <laughs> yes. Uh, I honestly don't know if the, phone, uh, if the moon landing was fake, but it is said that we have never went to the moon. And those, this is a huge group of conspiracy theories, uh, and it basically says that the entire Apollo program was a fake. Uh, what would be the motive of that? The motive of that would be, of course, the Cold War and the space race, because the whole space race started in the uh, late 50s when both the Soviet Union and the United States were competing everywhere. And then there was this idea that you can launch a, a nuclear missile from the space. So suddenly everyone wanted to go to the space. The problem was that Soviet Union was a tiny bit more successful than states. So, you know, they sent the first um, the first satellite, which was Sputnik. They sent the first animal, which was Waika. I would like to say that Waika never came back. And that makes me sad until now. But they sent the first living object, object, dog that never came back. My mother claims the Waika is still there circulating around, but it's not true. And then they sent the first guy, which was Yuri Gagarin. So United States was like, holy shit, why are we always second? We have to send someone on the moon. We have to beat those guys. And apparently this is how the whole thing started. And when Americans realized they cannot do it, they faked it. So and there is a plenty of proofs for that. And you can actually just 
Google fake moon landing and you will get people claiming that uh, there is inconsistency with shadows, that there are shadows coming from those sites, which is impossible because there is only one sun, that the flag is waving and how is it possible if there is no atmosphere there, there is no wind and so on, so on, so on. My opinion, personal opinion is I don't know, but I don't think so. I think we went to the moon. Marta, what do you think? Your gut feeling? Well, I have read uh, books about those guys that went there and even I uh, borrowed once your book about their wives Mm -hmm. and the life of their wives. Mm -hmm. So I would definitely hope that it happened because else uh, it was all science fiction. Yeah. (laughs) So the second theory, which I actually am uh, inclined to believe more, is that the if the the moon landing footage that we have seen, which by the way now is NASA lost it, or which is in itself, come on, it's like if you have a life, the most important thing that you record, let's say it's either your wedding or the birth of your child, and then you throw it away because you think it's not relevant anymore. And this is basically what happened with the actual original moon landing footage. NASA just lost it or throw it away. Um, the conspiracy theory is that they actually made a fake footage. They went on the moon, but just to make an insurance policy in case they cannot transmit from moon or something will go wrong. They actually recorded the footage in a studio. So just to like, okay, we will just show this if the other guys won't be able to make it to make a connection, which actually, to be honest, doesn't sound so bad. Hmm? That that could be probable. Mm-hmm. But the thing is that uh, conspiracy theorists are saying that uh, the lack of actual footage is covering up what they really found on the moon. So we were shown the fake footage prepared by by the people. Uh, actually, the, one of the theories, it, it was Stanley Kubrick who made a fantastic movie, 2001 Odyssey, and he actually basically showed us how the space would look like. That was the first movie of that kind, so they hired him to do it. Uh, and because of that, they could just see things on the moon and never told us because they showed us the fake movie. And then, of course, there is a uh, connected with this theory that they have found weird things on the moon. So one theory is that moon is actually not an actual natural satellite. It's an artificial satellite. It's a one huge ginormous object which can be a spaceship. That is empty inside or have some things inside. And apparently when Apollo uh, missions were landing on the moon, they encounter spaceships or bases. And those guys told them like, you know what? Okay, you saw, get the hell out. You know, we don't want you here. This is our base. Um, One of the, (laughs) that's, that's apparently one of the reasons why we didn't really come back because it's kind of weird that we were going there and then we stopped going there and for 50 years we never came back to the moon. So there is, it's called actually the hollow moon hypothesis or the spaceship moon. And the funny thing is that the first time that this came to light was uh, through article written by two Soviet scientists uh, and they have published that in 70s and they concluded that the moon cannot be real, it's artificial. 
And <laughs> that was a scientific article. And this is how it started. So uh, apparently, why would someone put moon there? That's the that's the question that everyone is trying to answer because uh, there is a theory the moon is hollow, it's a spaceship, or it's actually kind of semi-natural, but on the dark side of the moon there are colonies of aliens that are observing us. And now the question is why someone would observe us? Why someone would even bother? What's the purpose in that? And then there is a theory that goes even one step further. And that's the theory that I think you would actually find interesting. So there is this guy, David Icke. I think this is how you pronounce it. Uh, he was a journalist. Sports. First of all, he was a sportsman. He was a footballer. Then he went into a sports journalism and he was a really uh, famous and respected uh, British uh, sports journalist. And then suddenly he had some premonition and he uh, he did, said that he got enlightened and he will tell the truth about everything. And he started to make really bizarre claims about uh, Earth being populated by reptilians, uh, people who are actually other alien races controlling us and so on. And one of his theories is that Moon is one gigantic transmitter that is transmitting a specific type of low vibration and keeps us human on a low vibrational state. So we will not develop further in our spiritual journey and that this is controlled by some evil alien forces. Sounds as it sounds, but that could actually explain why within a more, uh, I would say, uh, spiritual development, the moon has less impact on you because you are self-developing and you are able to break through the low frequency. What do you think about that spooky theory? So it's 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 a very entertaining. It's interesting, very. I think it's fascinating. Yeah, a very interesting theory. You did uh, tell me about it before. Mm -hmm. um, I guess I don't have my own opinion about it. Mm -hmm. I guess in general, I'm not very strong on this kind of um, on this kind of theories. I mean, I can hear them. Mm -hmm. I can. Uh, read about something like that and and then it just stays for me like an interesting theory mm -hmm. uh, but i i think for me it's too abstract right now i don't have like a personal you know yeah opinion about that i think it's just interesting i think it's super entertaining this is a right word to put it and uh, i have to say that um, so basically, this theory ties to this, you know, sending low vibration, keeping humans. But this is a huge conspiracy then. And then also being able to create a matrix for us. So we uh, the fact that we live in virtual reality is something that people uh, like Elon Musk are even, you know, claiming or saying. So that's that's another thing. Uh, but apparently moon is that transmitter or that antenna or that device that is used. Very interesting and entertaining. I do have to say that. And 
that ties to another thing, because now I will briefly talk about the lunar phases. And if you want to know more about the lunar phases, please come to our workshop, because this is where we will really develop this topic, um, because we have couple of lunar phases with the most important two, which is a new moon and a full moon. New moon is when there is no visible moon on planet Earth. Uh, and new moon phase, it's uh, seen as the beginning of the lunar phase, which, as I said, last 29 days. And this is when you should plant the seed of your future dreams. And the conspiracy theory says that the transmitter is being maintained at the new moon. You don't see it because they take advantage of the fact that the moon is not visible from Earth. So then they work on it, make some maintenance. They turn it off. So this is when you can manifest your own reality. Cool, huh? Very entertaining. Very, Very entertaining. Mm -hmm. But the face of a new moon lasts from one to three and a half days. And this is when uh, many people who sit immunology uh, are claiming that it's the time to plant the seeds of your future dreams, meaning to make intentions. And this is the moment when those intentions have the most uh, probably to, to come true. Marta, are you making new moon intentions? I am making new moon intentions, but I'm really interested, like what's the why? You know, why do they think that this is the good time? Uh, that, uh, why exactly this time? Uh, that's interesting. I think it is something with the beginning, because mm -hmm. that's the beginning of the lunar cycle. And uh, I think uh, because, you know, that was never really explained. Yeah, that's 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 what I was mm -hmm. really, really looking forward uh, into mm -hmm. hearing, because I'm thinking like if we want to set intentions, mm -hmm. if we can back it up with a lot of energy, why wouldn't the best time be the full moon where there is a lot of energy up? Why wouldn't we like to fuel up our intentions and plans and so on with the energy? So I'm, I was really hoping that you have discovered some theories you know mm -hmm. behind why except of being big transmitter being in full power on full moon and disrupting us the most and being turned off at the new moon not really it is more of a symbolic uh, transition okay. mm -hmm. so basically it is said that the beginning of a lunar cycle is uh, symbolizing the beginning of mm -hmm. of planting the seeds and intentions and there is a very rich tradition in a past um, hold by people who are interested in astronomy astrology and also, let's say, some light version of a witchcraft who by experience and experience are actually claiming that um, that that would be the best time. Opposite to it is, of course, the new moon. So that's the lunar uh, in a lunar cycle. That's when the moon is the most illuminated. Full moon. Full moon. Ex exactly. Full moon. And this is when you uh, shall not actually make any um I would say uh, wishes or intentions. This is where you should actually uh, rest and uh, make forgiveness and let, let go rituals because apparently that's the moment that is the most fragile for us. We get the most emotional. We get a lot of emotion bursting inside of us and they need to be released somehow. And full moon is for that. But also in full moon, you are supposed to get the most significant signs if your intentions for the month 
will come true or not. So Marta, uh, just ending up because guys, there is eight phases of moon and we will talk about all of them on our uh, meeting uh, that we have talked about. So on 21st of March, we will be talking about all eight phases. But Marta, finishing with that last thought, um, full moon, are you doing something during full moon? So I have done that uh, forgiveness ritual, but that's not something I do every month. No, not, not every month. No, but new moon, new moon. I now actually set the intentions every month, but I'm not sure that I believe so much that there mm-hmm. is like a special uh, thing in the new moon. But I just like it's a nice thing to do it monthly. And if uh, if there is some additional thing from the moon that can help me, why not do it on that day? But I was so looking forward to hearing why on new moon. So it was a pity there was not like a I promise I will. Theory. I promise I will make more investigation as to that. And I will present it on our workshop. But for the time being, we have to end this uh, moon lunatic spooky show and i hope that i convinced some of you to actually join our meeting and learn more so thank you very much for listening thank you bye 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 you are listening to you've got five options radio show where we hopefully convinced you that five indeed is a magic number To catch up with our previous programs, apply to be our guest, send us your life challenge, or just to see how do we really look like, visit our website, the5options.com. We hope you enjoyed this episode and that you will come for more. That's all, folks! <laughs>